Welcome to the Second Chance Podcast, where we explore the deeper inner of the human psyche, find new ways to reinvent and invent ourselves for the better, for the wiser, for the more rational, and the happier and more contented. The future self that we create in our persona with uh, the cover of goals, the cover of careers and aims at life. We create a persona of who we want to be, who we imagine to be, and we depict it with color and contrast. And this futuristic self that we constantly recreate, just as we recreate our current self, that self is imper- it is imperative that that self is respected and honored and taken with diligent care as if human, just as your current self is. Why is that important? Well, you don't want to face a future that's going to degrade and destruct because you've destroyed that future image in your imagination. It will it will hurt your current self that will walk into that future self as you go along. Now, what's the remedy? What's the remedy for imagining with color and and beauty and your futuristic self while still maintaining a sense of truth a sense of reality you don't want to live in high expectation realm for it's a recipe for failure as everyone knows so you're facing that futuristic self. So you have to keep the balance between future self that's true to a certain structure of reality that makes it probable to exist while still maintaining a sacred imagination of beauty and all the finer tunings of, of human life and human flourishing. With that said, we need to embark on a sacred journey towards our futuristic self and honor anything that we tend to in our future. For example, a common uh, expression or habit is procrastination. And that Essentially, if you take apart the pieces, procrastination is is the hatred towards the experience of the future self in order to honor the fu- the current now. Now, this seems like a good idea, although 
your current now will be your future self. So you're not respecting your current now too. So pushing things off to the future will haunt you and it will degrade the future self that will be your current self soon. Now, we can play the dubious notion that, well, the future doesn't exist. And the future, since it doesn't exist, does not exist now either and cannot exist now. So dwelling in the future is foolish, a fool's errand and will bear no fruit because it doesn't exist. That type of logic could be um, decimated fairly quickly with analogies. For instance, if a car is coming towards you, you wouldn't just stand in place, assuming that the future doesn't exist, so therefore five seconds from now doesn't exist, so why pay attention to it? Instinctively, we will walk, run away from an approaching car because we are deeply connected to our future selves because we know our current selves will have to face that future five seconds from now. And even in more depth, our current self is built. You know, it's not built linear. We don't, we don't know the boundaries of what consists of self and what doesn't. But we do know it takes parts of our future and parts of our past. For example, if someone finds out that their future is going to be terrible with, with much suffering, their current state will start to fail too, even though it's the future. So that reminds us that because we know that a failing future will hurt our current self, we will also know that a part of our current self has the hopes and the dreams of the future integrated in the current self. And that makes up the whole human being, although we cannot specify all the details. But we do know from behavior that the future is deeply intertwined with the current. So as I started, I wanted to discuss how to keep that future self sacred. Obviously, in the realm of truth and reality, we don't want to think that the future is in some unrealistic um, place, which you will inevitably fail within and hurt yourself because walking in your own shoes that don't fit will hurt. And then that's no good. So where, where do we draw the line and how do we keep it sacred? Well, the first could be answered with the second. Let's understand the sacredness of the futuristic self. When we don't tend to the future in a, in a deeply destructive way where we will be facing 
that destructive future, for example, dead in such in such forms, where we we know we will have to face it, it won't walk away. I'm not talking about a future where I'm taking care of every possible inevitable outcome. I'm talking about a future where it's deeply probable that it will come to haunt you. Yet we ignore it and we we shut its voice out to tend to the voices of the current. We are not honoring our future self. And in essence, we're not honoring our current self because we know that our current self will meet our future self. Like the example of the car approaching the human. If they don't get out of the way by some idea that they have in their mind of keeping the future separate from the current, then we understand, we can imply that it's not just that, but that they they deeply hate their current self too because that current self is meeting that future very quickly. So I heard a proverb from Muslim, the Muslim community, ancient Muslim uh, tradition that says that if you ever want to see someone let go of despair, you just try to get him to drown, try to get him to drown himself or herself. Meaning put, them in, put themselves in a position where they're facing their mortality and all despair falls away. And that's that points to a deep component of who we are that we are more interested in our value than our despair when push comes to shove. Now, there is a possibility that there is some sort of person that can drown themselves without using exterior effects. But I think that's a general statement and fairly general in that regard. It's a strong statement and I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't follow its lead to its fullest because there is it's a dark it's a dark reality, but it's also pointing to a light that consists of the idea that we're stronger to survive than we are to fail. We want to prosper way more deeply than we want to fail or we will give up on. And that's tied into the future as well, because prosper is only in the future. Failure is only in the future. You can't fail at this very moment, because this moment is, is tied to now, and it doesn't have the, the narrative of failure that the future holds or that the past holds, as well as to prosper. Prosper is a, an ongoing effect that needs to be respected as partially a futuristic self. So keeping the self sacred in the future would mean that when tending to the future, we tend almost as if we are currently facing it. 
For example, if you know that the garbage will smell and you know that it will affect the household and you know that it will affect your own being and your own respect, although now it doesn't smell, but it will because garbage left over will smell and not tending to it, we are not keeping that sacred bond with our futuristic self. And if anything, it's a deeply important task of just tending to the honor of ourselves in that future. Now, for sure, if the garbage actually smells in present time, tending to it is respecting the self as of now, which is a little bit more important because it's happening now. I will agree there is some buffer between now and the future where we just don't know like we know now. We know now that we exist. We don't know in the future if we will exist, although it's highly probable that it will. we will exist, and our psyche knows that, and our self knows that in the current now. Keeping that future sacred... By respecting the vessels that bear the attempts at tending to the future. Meaning that since the future is not now, we're not going to tend to it 100%. And we can't because then we would be disregarding now completely. Although there is a time to tend completely to the future, there has to be a a respectable background that cares for the now, right? If it's important to run to that meeting, but then running to that meeting even quicker will consist of running through a highway, right? You're tending to the future deliberately, but ignoring the current now of risking your life to get that. Well, that's also problematic to the full self, the full components. So that vessel that we tend to of the future, that imagery that we tend to in imagination, in physical acts, in speech, it will pay fruits. It will pay many fruits and great fruits because your current self will meet that. As you tend to the future, your current self will find all the necessities. And I don't mean just physical or emotional necessities. I mean everything. It will run 100% of the time to find within its being the components that will lead to that imaginative future self that you've portrayed, that you've deliberated, and that you've colored, maybe even physically. And doing that, you have a high probability of creating the future that you want as well as running the now that you want.
You get both lives. You get everything. But it comes at the price of now to keep that future sacred. And to not enjoy the now with the sacredness of the future. Do not take the credit card and enjoy the now while dishonoring the future life that will have to face that. What will happen? Let's take our example of the card, the credit card that was spent for the now in exchange for the future of inevitable debt. Let's take that example, right? Not only did we desacralize the future, We've also dishonored the current now because partial of the current now knows or is invested or is intertwined with that future. So that part is taking a hit now as well. Just as the one who stands in front of a car, approaching car and doesn't move, there's something deeply wrong with the current self, not the their hatred for the future. It's just there's something wrong fundamentally with their psyche, how they're running their lives, way beyond this situation that's, that's demonstrated in this situation. So take that example, the credit card. So we're taking the now in exchange for the future. There is a dishonor, as I said, to the future self, and there's a dishonor for the parts that are connected to the future self and the current self. What else is there? Well, there's, there's actions that are being taken in the current self that are can only be translated as a hatred for the future prosperity of life. For debt does not help prosperity. Even the non-monetary-minded. It's it's a load, it's a burden, it's a a deficiency of, of life. So the entire current self is engaged in a destruction of the future and destroying the future. There's a deep hatred for the current self. It's not YOLO, although it sounds like it, but it's in fact a denial of prosperity of being in the now although it looks like it's prosperity. It's colored, but it's fake. And the mind knows that. The heart knows that. Every limb knows that. When that heart, when that hand passes over that card, the hand knows that with this doing, I am destroying my hand, myself. I'm destroying it in the future and I'm destroying it now because we're all one. We're all one being. 
obviously I'm talking in an example form and there's many instances where it's praiseworthy to just pay it all out and, and go full in, you know, even though the future will come to haunt you, you're building a better future that will be better than the haunting of that future. It's making such a it's making wise investments. You know, it's it's taking that procedure that's that important that debt and the burden of debt is just so slim in comparison. So who cares? Who cares in the future? As they're facing the burden of debt, they don't care either. Because they known, they set up that, that this is more important than that. But I'm not talking about those who are engaging in the sacrifice. I'm talking about those who are destroying the sacrifice. They don't hold of sacrifice. If anything, they're the antithesis of sacrifice. They don't want to sacrifice anything. In fact, you can say they're sacrificing the future for now, which another translation is they're sacrificing now and the future for nothing because nobody gets anything at the end. You see how this ties into sacrifice. For sacrifice, whatever the debate is of what it's what it's true what it truly is, an ancient form or in modern form, everyone will agree it's sacrifices for the future. Or for the current self to experience that self in the future like a thanksgiving sacrifice where you're you want to remember that moment in the future of the gratitude you feel now but it's for the future it's not for now because now you're thankful now you feel gratitude you don't need a sacrifice to demonstrate that you're feeding the future with a sacrifice and it's good to feed the future you want the imaginative element to your aim of your aim to be pinpointed and colored with with greatness you want to build the best man or woman you can be you want that we all want that because nobody wants to be the worst person they can be now and those who do have already accepted hatred on their own souls we want to be the best person we can now so we want to be the best person we can for the future but we're going to have to trade some things now for the future to color that imaginative futuristic person we're going to have to give up some things and while we give up those things we have to honor that because it's it's so deep and beautiful to the current self that will meet slowly but surely that futuristic self. Not fully, because as we meet the futuristic self, our futuristic self will change. So we get closer, then we build something new. We get closer to that, we build something new. 
trying to think of a great example of that. It's like uh, climbing a mountain, but you don't know the top of the mountain. It's It reminds me of my own experience. You know, you're walking and it looks like the top of the mountain at all times because that's that's the eyes that we, that's the visuals that we see and that's how the mountain is curved and it looks like we're, the top is right there, but it's not. Then when you get to that perceived space that you assumed is the top, there is that same top facing you with a little bit of a different curve. And then you go to that one, and then there's another top facing. And that's, that's the futuristic self because you don't meet that fully because as you get closer, it evolves and changes. And who you were when you first created that futuristic self is not who you are now, so therefore you are going to create a different futuristic self because as you change, your future changes and your vision of the future changes. So the idea of getting to the top is never good because we're, we're not meant to meet the pinnacle of success because that's death. We want to live. Rather, we are respecting the top of the mountain as we climb, knowing that there is never an end to this climb and respecting that vision of the top of the mountain, even though there is a lack of transparency in it and even though it's not our now, we still will have that. Another great example is jogging, right? There's there's two approaches that I've found in jogging. You can either look at the ground immediately in front of you, or you can look at the future, at the at the horizon as you run. Now, anybody who's jogged knows that it's much easier not to see where you're running to. You're just running in space. You don't have to get it anywhere every moment. You are where you are, and that's okay. And your body doesn't feel to, the need to exert itself to get to some place, to some goal. But there's a downside to looking down. The downside is you don't get to plan your stride. For example, if you see a little bit of a hill, maybe you would take a slower pace to keep the rhythm in proper motion. But you don't have that prior that that uh prerogative. You are only aware of here. You don't you're not aware of the landscape that you are facing. So in this example my argument is to respect the vision of the horizon in your jog so you know the landscape so you could plan your stride accordingly. But also not Focus on that horizon solely because you are now running here in space and you can't get there and you shouldn't want to get there because you're running for the run. You're not running to get to there because if you're running to get to there, then you can't exert yourself to get to there in one instance. So there's that space where you're just stuck between a goal that you can't get to at the moment and the now of each step. So you don't want to 
destroy your future in your eyes and your vision of now. You don't want to set up for failure when things will haunt you that will actually haunt you. I don't mean to ask for everyone to tend to every futuristic problem because that's just a failure of taking care of the priorities that we should be seeking. I mean to say that we should not disregard the future as mundane because it's not now. It's deeply intertwined with now and they work together. But at the same time, don't be stuck in the future, in the horizon of or in the top of the mountain because you're climbing and you will always be climbing and there will always be a top of the mountain. And you can't paint the perfect picture and you need to let the picture evolve because it will evolve because you evolve. And that's what I ask. That's what I ask of you to envision that. Envision that future and respect it. Respect the mundane tasks that you will have to face if you don't. The mundane tasks that you should face in order not to have your future haunt your current self. And obviously there's an inevitable aspect to life and we can't perceive everything. But I'm speaking about what your psyche can handle and everything else. We can't, so why speak about things we can't do? Thanks for listening, and if you would like to see the video version of this, check out my channel on YouTube.